0: Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Ewan Lawson, and in this episode, we talk about a paper published in the BJGP, A Natural History of Uncomplicated Urinary Tract Infection Without Antibiotics, and that's a systematic review. Uh, And we were very lucky to be joined by Professor Tammy Hoffman. She's a professor of clinical epidemiology and leads the Centre for Evidence-Informed Health Decisions in the Institute of Evidence-Based Healthcare, and that's at Bond University in Australia. So I started off by asking Tammy if she could tell us a little bit more about what they did in their study.
1: Sure. So, you know, this was a systematic review um, of the natural history of urinary tract infection in England. So, uh, but not a typical systematic review where we're looking at the treatment group and how effective something was. We actually wanted to know, um, look at the placebo group and wanted to know what happens when uh, women don't receive antibiotics for UTI, how, um, what proportion of women recover from the UTI without using antibiotics.
0: That's a rather novel, have you done many of these studies before Tammy? It's a novel way to do it by looking at the placebo group in particular.
1: So we've now done, this is our second one. Um, so we, cause we are curious in- in general practice about a lot of undershared under decision-making, the umbrella of that, um, and choosing wisely, one of the questions that patients are encouraged to ask is, what happens if I do nothing? And so in order for clinicians to have the answer to that question, they actually need to know what the natural history or the natural causes of in, in an infection or an illness is. Um, so one of the ones that seemed to be begging to be done was UTI. Um, so we in our search strategy we also looked for cohort studies we would have been happy to include those but we couldn't find any cohort studies um so hence why we ended up using the placebo groups of RCTs. yeah
0: it's an elegant little twist isn't it on with the existing evidence because uh, it's fascinating how as you discussed there we don't really know what actually happens if you do nothing
1: yeah and I, and i think we've sort of fallen into this trap of thinking well we must we must treat things we must do things but of course that's leading to that problem of over treatment and in this case it's the problem of the overuse of antibiotics and perhaps they're not always necessary Um, and so this as I said this was all about helping to inform that decision about we know if you use antibiotics how much benefit they give but they also obviously give harms and including resistance so we wanted to be able to fill in that missing part of the equation which is what happens If you don't use antibiotics, it was just about balancing up the information that's available to help
0: decision making. Yeah, no, I think it will be tremendously valuable for that. It's a really, um, it's an interesting little clinical. It's a really interesting little clinical problem, isn't it? That sort of side of things about how we go about um, not treating when it's the case. So, um, what 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 were the results of your study? Tell us a little bit more about your findings.
1: So, unfortunately, we only found three trials, three RCTs, published across four papers. Um, so one of them, two were quite small. One was larger, so that one contributed most of the data. But it looks like that um, at a, we couldn't do a meta-analysis um, with just the three studies, but it looks like by about seven to ten days, about a third of women who don't take antibiotics have all, have resolved from all the symptoms of UTI. Um, looks like then that about a third... Stay about the same or might get a little bit worse, Um, and then some of the others get worse and need antibiotics. So, I think the main messages that we were particularly intrigued by is that most of the improvement occurs in that sort of first seven to nine days, Um, and there's sort of it pretty much plateaus after that. And then the other, the other sort of, I guess, the implication of this, and I'm probably skipping ahead here in your questions, but is that I know in um, the UK in the NICE guidelines it recommends delayed prescribing for up to two days if, if um, symptoms haven't improved, which we think is probably a bit one, it's non-evidence based as best we can tell. There was no reference supporting that, and there's not, certainly nothing in the literature saying two days. But that seems a bit short because in the studies that we looked at, um, not many people had improved by two days. So it seems a bit, um, yeah, a bit bit unreasonable time frame to be saying if nothing's better by two days, prescribe antibiotics.
0: Yeah, I've noted that and I had highlighted that on my copy of the paper that um, your comment about NICE. And there was just there's a slight there's a slight um, comment on there, which was interesting in terms of where their evidence came from. Um, and as yeah. far as you can tell, no. As far as you, as far as we can hi- identify, yeah. we're not sure where the two days has come from at all.
1: I have no idea. And we've looked at a few other guidelines around the world, and they really vary. Um, you know, they just sort of there. they seem people just seem to throw out days and weeks there with no justification, no evidence supporting that. Which of course is a concern, which makes it all the more important to do these kind of studies to actually have the evidence to provide the answer to the natural course and natural history of disease.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple of things we should be clear about. It, first of all, it was uncomplicated UTI, um, wasn't it? So that's, you know, where there's n- in no way is this a suggestion that, you know, it's th- that simple UTI uncomplicated. And all your evidence was in, the, you found, not that you started off with that premise, but all the evidence that you found in the end was in women.
1: Correct. Yes, we didn't find any studies in men, yeah. And yeah. We, we were interested in adults, so we, it wasn't a study in, looking at it in children.
0: Yeah. So um, they're, they're the things to bear in mind, certainly. And it's a, a fascinating clinical little wrinkle, I think, because I find it actually diff- as a GP, I find it difficult to imagine when a woman rang up with, um you know, someone calls in. And it's usually a call these days rather than a consultation um, that we wouldn't treat a UTI. I think that it's kind of it's almost a knee jerk thing that some of our guidance has been that you can just prescribe over the telephone. You don't have to even see the individual these days, particularly a female with an uncomplicated UTI. And this really opens up possibilities of, as you say, shared decision making and yeah. more in a, for Absolutely. particularly women who are uncomfortable about having antibiotics.
1: Absolutely. And I guess the message is that we think that, you know, the study shows that antibiotics shouldn't just be a mandatory thing. You've got a UTI, therefore you need antibiotics. It should be that discussion about, well, you could take them and here's the benefits and here's the possible harms, including resistance. And if you don't take them, this is, you know, there's a chance you will get better anyway. Um, without them but you know of course here are the red flags to watch for and if you're not better after this time frame here's a prescription in case there's that kind of um, safeguarding so yes i think moving away from that automatic mandatory antibiotic prescription um, would be a a reasonable uh, approach to consider in this case
0: yeah and it really makes me it really reminds me of just how much evidence we lack sometimes you take something as obvious as this and then we don't we don't yeah, We don't really absolutely. know what happens.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think, as I said, with the guidelines we've looked at, these numbers just seem to appear out of thin air. Um, so I think it's some systematic investigation of some of those claims would be a good thing so that all the um, evidence, you know, the evidence is being considered for all the parts of the decision making, not just how much treatment benefit is there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I think there's a, there's always that risk that we just leap straight to that. That bit in between does get missed out in uh, um, in guidance.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, th- obviously the original focus on you know this sidetracking a bit, but the original focus on guidelines was of treatment benefit, and then there's been this slow dawning and realization that harms need to come into the picture because they're underreported in trials. Underreported in systematic reviews, underreported in guidelines, etc. But now also, I think um, we're hoping that we can start to get some realization that just that awareness of, hang on, if I stop and do nothing, the do nothing option is often a very legitimate, very reasonable option. But what happens if I do nothing? You know, how what's the mean duration of recovery or symptoms, and or what proportion of people might get better and might not? So. I think that's another sort of area of evidence um, that needs, needs to start having some attention
0: paid to it. Um, just going back to those guidelines a little, the international ones, there, are, there is enormous international variation, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. And actually one of our PhD students is, is um, in the midst of a project looking exactly at that.
0: I noticed that the um you you quote a couple in this in the paper that the um the infectious disease society of America don't give a delayed prescribing option at all. In fact suggest it would be unjustified to withhold antibiotics.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it was like antibiotics were the only option. <laughs> so it just shows that variation. The Australian ones are a little bit more lenient. I think they said um but again we couldn't find any evidence for that. But interestingly, that one's probably the closest to what the finding of our review was.
0: Um, I think it just—it's it, a—it's a very n- nice, neat little, wonderful paper. I think it just opens up a huge kind of potential area for GPs to have conversations with their um, patients, which just, just didn't exist before. So it's—it's going to make a genuine difference to practice.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what we're hoping. Is it just to start? You know, because this applies to so many areas and so many general practice um, consultations. It's just the having that answer to what happens if I do nothing um, yeah.
0: could
1: lead to decision making down a whole different path
0: Tammy is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of summary your key messages from this paper that you'd like to get out there
1: Uh, I think we've probably discussed them all but in a nutshell it would be that I think antibiotics don't have to be mandatory for UTI and make sure the option of doing nothing as well as taking antibiotics is presented and the benefits and harms of both um, and then basing it on the patient's preferences and values and what they'd like to
0: do Tammy it's been wonderful speaking to you thank you very much Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.